it is one o'clock. Let's be prompt. Let's be on time. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get Lisa Lebowski. Here we go. Hi. Hello. Hi. First of all, have you ever met David Stupakis before in person? Do you recall? I, was, I don't know if we did or not. Yeah, I, the only thing I was thinking is maybe at one of like the silkscreen parties or something in the city. No? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I used to run Fuse Gallery, though, so um, that would only would have been at one of those things. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was saying you guys have definitely been in the same room at the same time several times without knowing it, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. When I looked you up online, I seen you, and I was like, oh, you look, oh yeah, she looks familiar in that, so I didn't I didn't know if we possibly did, or just I've seen, seen you around online or something, so. Yeah, I get around. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it wasn't for Fuse Gallery, I never would have uh, probably run across you either myself. I mean, that was a strange coincidence. Also, yeah. considering that we are from the same hometown. Yeah. yeah. That's totally trippy. right. Yeah. What 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 part are you from exactly? Um, I'm by where all the horse streets are, so like Trotters Trail, um, Derby Lane. I grew up on Horseshoe Court. Um, I went to Straw Town, so okay. close, right. close to West Nyack, and then I went to South. Oh, South. <laughs> Whatever. So does that mean that you guys went to the same school? No, she went to South, dude. Oh, okay. I, I missed that part. North. I went to uh, North. Here the uppity kids were. Uppity? <laughs> oh, see, it was reverse where I grew up. Oh, you guys the North was like the. Yeah. And, 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 and like, you, you had like the, the burnout jocks, man. You had a weird. <laughs> there. Not my year. What, where, what year did you graduate? 96. Mm-hmm. All right. So just a few years after, after me. But yeah, yeah so it was all. It was, the same yeah south south sucks <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really like that though is the south the more the, totally. the more the more up yeah yeah ah. Whatever. i got punched in the face from by a skinhead from south that that was like you know okay. another reason why i hated south kids <laughs> and i didn't like my sister's ex-boyfriend who went to south you know but uh, yeah, North North was filled with the uppity kids. It's absolutely- yeah, and you couldn't really interdate the two schools. That was mm, I tried. Yeah. I tried. I was able to date interdate with Suffern and Nyack. I did but, that, but you know, not, not South North. High School. <laughs> <laughs> I would sooner date someone from North. <laughs> It's a long rooted seated thing in there. Oh, Judy, it's it's true. It's 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 real. It's and, and, real. And do you go? Do you find yourself back in in Rockland often? No, not at all. My my parents moved away in two thousand four. I, I did live in Nyack from two thousand to two thousand four. That awesome. was pretty cool. Um, but rarely back there. Uh, although interestingly enough, I was back there last Friday, visiting a friend very close to where I grew up, and that was really a mind fuck because <laughs> I, oh, really? I hadn't been back to that area since 2004 since my parents moved away wow. and yeah. uh it was you know we drove past my elementary school everything just seems so much smaller yeah yeah, I, yeah absolutely I, I was in north for the first time um last it was it was just whatever it was nice the beginning of football season of of this year because 
my my uh, my niece is like a cheerleader dancer, part of a dancing. It's not even cheerleaders; they're like choreographed dance team, and they're very insanely good. And I don't know, a lot has changed, but I was there in that high school for the first time since I graduated in 1990, and. I remember I was like, oh, I'm going to walk by this building, this building. I totally forgot about certain buildings that existed. And everything was so small. I remember the lunchroom being like this huge, like uh, frightening, like cave of death. But it was this tiny little like (laughs) room. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because that's where you would like, that's where you get beat up. You know, that it was like no holds barred in lunchroom. You know, there was one monitor watching all these kids. It was a good time to get, you know, cornered. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you get, you get in the cafeteria. Yeah, you, you got the metal fucking lunch plate. It's rough, man. <laughs> you want to put somebody's tater tots in your fucking face, and it's over. Wow, it is so funny though, because the, the last time I was back in my hometown area too, it's just like these 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 bike rides that you would take as a kid. They seem like they would take forever or whatever, you know, like these adventures, and then like you're like. Jesus Christ, it's like two blocks down the street yeah, or whatever. Like you know? a big hill that you there was like, oh man, remember the hill? Yeah. And riding your bike down the hill, and it's like a lump. Yeah. Like a speed bump, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, geez. So, Lisa, you are, um, in, when I met you, I, I met you as the director of the Fuse Gallery, but I was not as aware of what a fantastic artist you were as well. Like, uh, and I've only learned about that because of social media and watching what you've been doing on uh, social media in, in the past few years. It seems like you've really taken, uh, um, uh, a, I don't know, I can't say fairly if it's a change of direction, but a big um, leaning towards doing this uh, these plain air, open air, like painting sessions of or lifestyle even like that, that you've just sort of, like grabbed by the fucking whatever and, <laughs> and started started like doing a lot of traveling and and painting outdoor painting stuff can can you give us a little insight on like how that whole uh, uh thing happened for you or what, what yeah caused you yeah to think that? yeah um i'll try and do the uh the whole story but as abbreviated as i can <laughs> yeah but don't leave um, out any good stuff yeah yeah we, we, we got time we got time <laughs> yeah we're all inches. Show. So when I was four. <laughs> oh my God. Stop, stop. Right, we're going back. <laughs> so when, I, four, when I was four, I decided I wanted to be an artist. And when I was six years old, my parents sent me to art school. And they sent me to Rockland Center for the Arts, oh, where wow. I studied uh, with this phenomenal artist, Joe Blanchet. And she taught me Chinese watercolor until I was 16 years old. And so my first time going outdoors painting would have been with her. We painted um, the uh, uh, waterfall behind the school there. And uh, that, you know, always held my heart. Yeah. But then I went to SUNY New Paltz and I studied metalsmithing. So I totally went in a different oh, wow. direction yeah. from the background in painting nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got into figurative painting and... Um, it was all about body, 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 and then went to the New York Academy of Art, where um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that school, but it's a very heavy um, emphasis on figurative art and uh, and just technical uh, proficiency. It's a really good school. They really teach you how to paint. And uh, while I was there, I took a plein air workshop one summer and 
just totally reconnected with it. I was like, oh, these are my roots. Yeah. This well, you're a Hudson, you're like a Hudson Valley woman. You're it, yeah. it's got to be in your blood. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. When people ask me where I'm from, cause it's a loaded, you know, it's a bit of a loaded question. Yeah, I'm from Rockland, but nobody knows where that is. Yeah. And, you know, and then I was in SUNY New Paltz, and I spent a ton, most of my summers up in the Catskills. Yeah, uh, that's what you got to say. You got to say Catskills, and people are like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and then I even, I lived in the Bronx for 10 years, which is that southern Hudson Valley. So I just, I told <laughs> <laughs> That's pushing it. That's like... <laughs> So I tell people, I tell people I'm a Hudson Valley girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that they can identify with. They're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Hudson River uh, School, I get it. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, so then uh, I just, I started painting and I took any opportunity I could to go on residencies and um, just be out there doing it. And uh, I mean, the, the way it really went uh, a little insane the last couple of years is, uh, in 2015, I moved to Brooklyn, which was a bit of a mistake for me because after being. I could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Brooklyn. Come on. <laughs> and, uh, it was, and, and, and it gets better. I moved to Williamsburg. What <laughs> 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 a punishment. <laughs> no, no, but you know what it was? Like, I, I was going And I got a flannel. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was going through a divorce and I just, my studio's in the Lower East Side and I just, I, I needed to be near my studio and I needed to be near friends. I have friends here and I, and I needed to be near a social life because the first time I was going to be dating since the nineties. So mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I guess I moved to Williamsburg now. And, um, which was a real mistake <laughs> as I learned mm -hmm. not not my not I don't I don't fit here and, and also too yeah. very very expensive in 2015 already too right I oh mean. <laughs> yeah oh yeah no ridiculous I mean yeah. I only was able to do it because my ex-husband was paying for my yeah. apartment <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. so the divorce was wrapping up in 2016 and I just realized I, I went to Cuba that summer and I I came back to Brooklyn and I was just like oh my gosh I'm so unhappy here every time i've come back so, you know i've traveled to antarctica i've been to greenland i've been to newfoundland a bunch and and mm -hmm. all over the the maldives all over the place every time i come back to new york i was always like oh i'm home this is really exciting and this is the first time that i was just dreading coming back and i was mm -hmm. like you know what this is not my time here anymore yeah. so i uh yeah. so i started i started thinking about it. i had a solo show up in newfoundland that month later oh, that wow. month so so I was like, you know, let me let me see. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the time I moved to Newfoundland. And I was meeting with my friends at their cabin, and I was like, yeah, you know, I think I think this is it. I think this is what I'm going to do. And they're, I was just like, I just don't know about dating, like how that works. <laughs> or, how that works anywhere. <laughs> I, I mean, I I I I can't even. I would. I'm. I don't want to be in your shoes in in, in that respect, because dating sucks. You know, at most any age. But, you know, as you get older, I, I, I compare like like just making friends now, because when I moved to Boston three years ago, I left a lot of my friends behind and I've and as well as like a gallery, my gallery that I worked with for 10 years closed. So I was without friends and without gallery. And a lot of that is similar to being on the dating scene. You know, like you know, you meet a you meet a new gallery, and you're like, so what kind of work you oh, show? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, like, oh. it's like how you know, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it is. It, it, it's a 
it's a lot of investing time and trust and and my my patience level is like you know shrunk it down it's like i i'll be talking to a person and in 10 minutes i'm just like yeah i hate you in three weeks i'm just gonna stop mm-hmm. now let's just let's just cut to the chase yeah yeah well, so what happened with Newfoundland is I, I had a lot of friends there because I, I first did a residency in 2010, mm-hmm. fell in love with the place. I uh, I felt like, I, I just felt like I entered one of my own paintings. Like, this is what I've been painting all along and I had no idea. Yeah. And uh, and I, I made friends for life and they came and visited me in New York. I stayed in touch. I kept going back up there, kept mm-hmm. making more friends every time. So it really was just this no-brainer to move up there. But there was just the logistics of like, a personal life and because uh, the friend situation was fine but like you know if I get a date up there what's gonna happen and then also um, I, and is, is that even what I want you know like after 16 years of marriage yeah, like, and, and, yeah and what about <laughs> making a living like how, well, how... Kind of thing like like you know can I survive as an artist up there and yeah. I, I am a full-time painter I've always taught on the side and uh, I you know, so I was talking to my friends up there, and I was like, yeah, just, I don't know. And they're like, well, money's hard up here. There isn't a lot of money, but the cost of living is less. And so mm-hmm. I was saying, well, we know people, so it's fine. So, like, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean it sounds I mean, a lot I mean, like the cost of living. living here. Yeah, the, the, the cost of living is going to be way less, right, than living in, oh, in, in a city. Oh, yeah. sure, yeah. sure. And everybody's like, oh, but produce must be so much more up there. And I'm like, you know, it's still being shipped up there the same way it's being shipped to New York. So yeah. it's... <laughs> It's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's not yeah. Totally. My, my big my big uh, gauge was avocados. Avocados cost actually a little bit less up there, so I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm good. That, that's Don't what you deal. use, avocados? <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I, um, so I, you know, I pat, you know, I left that trip in Newfoundland, being like, all right, I think this is going to happen. I think I'm going to apply for another residency next summer, and then just stay and see what happens. Then, so this is, you know, fall 2016, so then the election happened, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I do consider myself one of the more fortunate New Yorkers because I happen to have therapy the next morning anyway, and I'm on the subway during rush hour, you could hear a pin drop, people were crying, it was, mm-hmm. it was really, I was just like, what is this planet that I'm on, what's happening, I don't even know if I feel like I belong here, and now this, and you know, I didn't sign up for any of this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I walk into therapy and, and my, you know, my therapist, he was red in the face. Like he'd obviously been up all night, like all upset. And he, um, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, I think this is it. I think I'm going to move to Newfoundland. He's like, go. Just go. <laughs> yeah. If you were ever thinking about, oh, this is the time to go. Yeah. yeah. So, so I get back from therapy. I, I email my gallerist up in Newfoundland because I knew that he spent his winters in Florida so I emailed him. I was like, hey, is your house free by any chance? He wrote me back immediately. He's like, yep, it's all yours till May 30th. Wow. I was like, oh, my God, I'm coming up there. So I finished up my teaching contracts, packed up my stuff, and on February, put my life in storage. Mm-hmm. And on February 14th, packed, took myself and my cat and uh, drove straight on up to Newfoundland. Wow. And I uh, did that till May 30th. And then I had a bunch of residencies last summer that saw me all over North America and yeah. I just keep doing this. I'm just residency hopping, and when I'm around here, I stay with friends, and it's and now people just know that I'm this Amblin woman, so they yeah. reach out to me and say, "Hey, you know, I'm going away for a month. Would you want my place?" Or, "Oh, I heard about this friend who's doing this. Would you want their place?" Mm-hmm. As long as my cat's cool, like let's yeah. do it. Yeah, 
That's mm-hmm. great. I mean, I mean, that takes a lot, of, a lot of work and a lot of guts to, to, to commit to that kind of, uh, not, it's not completely nomadic, but it's very nomadic. It's, it's, you yeah. know, you don't have, you don't have a lot of roots that you could put down. Like you have places, it's, it seems like that you refer to as home or, you know, or, or you know, landing, landing yeah. spots, but. Yeah. I mean, until, um, gosh, when was it? Until this last winter. So I had a full year where I wasn't anywhere. Oh, no, no, that's not true. I had almost a full year where I wasn't anywhere for more than three weeks at a time. And uh, that was, that gets a little intense. Um, And to be clear, my cat wasn't always (laughs) suffering through that with me. She had some sitters and Uh and I'd let her have some more lengthy stays with because she's an old lady. But um, yeah, because sometimes it seems like sometimes you're you're in some pretty harsh weather and you're ferrying it back and forth around, and I that part I can't imagine you with your what your cat is like. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just leave me at the <laughs> barn or something. Well, it was really funny. Our first winter up in Newfoundland, um, you, you know, like most of these places I stay at, they're just like, oh, just pay for the heat. So I do everything I can to just, you know, wear layers and not really use the heat. And, but it's cold up there. More than anything, it's really windy. And uh, so the first winter, though, she got, uh, you know, she was exposed to some real cold for, for several months. And she got a winter coat. I'd never seen it on her before. Really? really fluffy <laughs> that's funny i love how cats oh, are like oh fuck well here poof, here it comes time to adapt <laughs> <laughs> like, i would not break this yeah. one out for 15 years yeah yeah i'd love to hear yeah. more about the residencies now are the residencies like like uh, places that you're going to teach or are they places that you're just going to study are there and and to work on your own thing or is it yeah, yeah, they're, they're for me to work on my own thing. Um, so I've done a mixed bag of them from uh, any, anything from places that sponsor you, they pay you a stipend and they put you up and they feed you to, um, and you know, you're given a studio space to work to um, new residencies. Last summer I had two brand new residencies that I was uh, the guinea pig on. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, one of them I know is definitely an official one that's Artists Off Grid uh, out in Colorado and I'm going back this summer. A friend of mine started that, and uh, it's what it is. It's artists living in tents out in Colorado, northeastern yeah. Colorado, <laughs> and there's no running water. There's no electricity. Mm. Um, there is cell service. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> but now, so are, are you? Is there? Is there? Is there like like clean lakes and stuff like that? Like that you're close by? No. Well, like drinking water and stuff. Like, I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere, right? What? What? Lake? Lake? I mean, a river? Whatever, not a lake, not a fucking lake, a river or something. Or a stream. A fresh Poland spring stream. I get what you're saying because I do a lot of camping and backpacking. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I'm saying. There's no water source on the property. No. No. So um, there is a pond nearby. I wouldn't drink the water. Um, Must be nice. And, uh, yeah, because you know who knows GR. So, yeah. So you just you just bring enough of your own stuff for the time that you're there's there. A, there's a small town nearby um, that has water that you can. We had like a big yeah. several gallon thing that we would load up, and it was good for like two days each time. So so there'd have to be a pretty frequent run into town to get water. So when. Um, you- 
when yeah. you're roughing it out like that, how long is how long are usually those uh, those adventures? Um, they are that one. So I, I only ended up doing it. It's I think it's two or three weeks. Um, last oh. year I went with my sister-in-law, who's a photographer, and uh, so we drove. She lives out in California, so I flew out there, and then we drove to Colorado. Um, so by the time we like. Because her equipment was a day late coming in. So by the time we got our equipment and got there, it was already a couple days into the residency. But then um, she had some family business business to take care of in Portland. So we left early and drove up to Portland and did our thing there and back to California. So we were only there for a week last year. And then this year, a similar situation is happening um, because uh, we, you know, we, we found out, I mean, I've known my sister-in-law for like 20-something years. And, um, and I've always known she was a photographer and an artist, but we never did anything together and uh so last year was the first time working in the same environment uh and that's exciting yeah and we found that we really gel well like we did this whole road trip together we lived in tents together we made art together and we had a great time like there was never a moment of conflict so we we can do this (laughs) yeah and uh so for this summer i was applying for residencies and one of them was in uh wyoming and gentelle um and uh so I asked her if she wanted to apply as a collaborator with me because we did really well with like um, uh, coming up with ideas together and then just like debating ideas uh, and bouncing ideas. Um, so she she's like, yeah, let's do it. So we got that. We ended up getting the residency, Great. but it overlaps a little bit with the artist soft grid one. So we're going to do the Wyoming one and then drive down to Colorado. Oh, that's nice. That's got to be a nice change too, especially after being like in places like Newfoundland uh, and being more isolated, maybe. <laughs> To then be working almost collab- like together in tandem and collaboratively with somebody else. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, because up in Newfoundland, I'm not really. Uh, I mean, there, there is like a, an art scene there, but I'm not really um, uh, in. In I mean, it, it's it's just it's it's like it is isolated. Like it's not like mm-hmm. New right? There's like artists everywhere, and you're art yeah. every night and art, 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 and um, so out there, it's nice to be really invested with artists one on one, like. Mm-hmm. All of our time is together. We're eating together. We're sleeping together. We're doing everything together. So. And I'm sure like a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of like constantly like talking shop and all that stuff too, right? And hundred percent. Yeah. And just ideas and and like oh, what's your favorite medium? Like oh, like the geeky stuff and like yeah. oh, that that pencil's amazing. Oh, the re- the res- residency like that that sort of like um I don't know practice of 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 looking up residencies applying and all that is that something that you picked up through the the, your academic approach through art like through schools did they teach you yeah i mean so i i was a little fortuitous um in that i just i was always able to you know i I got an undergrad teaching full-time teaching art full-time and then um when i went to grad school i still taught a little bit while i was there and when I graduated, I kind of, I just, I didn't have to go to work because I was living in the Bronx, which was really cheap. And, mm. uh, or at least back then it was. And, um, no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it was ridiculously cheap and I still had these side teaching gigs. So I didn't have to like get a job or, um, panic and figure out how I was going to do anything. So I, ha- I went into school with savings as well. Yeah. So I'll just have, and I had a bit of an art career before I already went to grad school. So I was able to just kind of keep snowballing that. Cool. Um, so I, I did spend that first, like, like from being in school, yes, to answer your question, yes, I um, learned how to research, how to find things, word of mouth, stuff like that, how to write, mm-hmm. things like that. 
Um, and then uh, right after I graduated, I spent the first, like, well, I drove cross country. And then I spent the, uh, why not? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then I spent the, uh, that, that summer just on my computer, uh, nauseatingly, like obnoxiously researching every. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a huge oh. amount of work that, that yeah, kind of research. and time job, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so at that point, I created this really nice database, which at this point is really out of date. Um, but yeah, so at that point, I did all that research, like this database, when when residencies were due, what I liked about them, like all, all the stuff, like just had it all typed so, out. And figured out. So a part of like a, a part a part of it's almost like if you were like applying, a, applying for like a grant or something like that when you're okay. when you're applying to the. OK, OK. Totally the same. You have to write a lot. You have to write all this stuff. You have to get. Referrals, recommendations, like background. You know, yeah. you yeah. notice background uh, check, fingerprinted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> have, yeah. You, have, have you noticed being like um, rejected several times from the same ones that maybe later you were accepted to, or is it does um, is was it that kind of thing where you know they they see if you keep applying, they keep applying, and then eventually you get it, or have, is it kind of just? That's a really good question. I mean, I've definitely gotten rejected way more than accepted. Um, so, uh, which is, you know, probably nice for people to hear. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's a little, yeah, a little makes me feel good. I'm sure it's one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think there's, there's a couple that I keep reapplying to and like the first, there's this one I applied to and I got shortlisted the first year and mm -hmm. I'm like, you have to apply back, you have to do it. And, uh, and then I didn't the next year cause I was in Greenland and then, um, and then, uh, I finally reapplied and then. You know, I didn't get it, and I applied again, and they never got back to me, so I had to follow up with them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and That's then weird. I did apply again, and then th this year I applied to them again, and they mm -hmm. again did not get back to me. Which <laughs> 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 That's a little annoying, because these, you know, they're yeah. time to apply to some of these. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was, I was a little disappointed in that. So I don't know if I'll keep applying to that one, but it is one that I, I would like, and it would be a good fit. Um, but I'm trying, I don't think that there's any that... Um, I've applied to that I didn't get in that I then applied to and got in because of that because it's it's new jurors every time. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's starting over from scratch each time. So for people who like are not um, familiar with the whole process or or like who are like on the precipice of deciding to apply to these kind of things, what would you say is probably the best asset to have? on your side for 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 these kind of uh, applications like what do you think besides your talent and your okay. and 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 your go getism you know what 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 has do you think has been uh, you know helpful having a very uh which is a little counterintuitive to what i think is the beauty of residencies but in the application process having a very clear project idea of what you want to accomplish while you're there mm -hmm. um, and the reason that's counterintuitive is uh, especially as a plein air painter um, yeah. And not all these residencies I apply to are their plein air painters. I'm usually a rare breed. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but so especially as a plein air painter, you show up at these residencies and you think you know what you want to do, but then yeah. you're totally taken by something else or something, you know, like, like when I had this one residency up on Fogo Island last summer, there, for the first time in 40 years, there was this ridiculous amount of pack ice that came in and stayed through the month of June with like hundreds of icebergs everywhere. Yeah, wow. I was going to go there and be painting bogs and trees. And I was like, yeah. fuck this, I'm painting the ice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
so you know, like, so you can have this clear idea, and you can have your work even dictated towards it. But sometimes you get there, and it's something else. So it's a little tough. But the residencies, they do really want to see that you have a clear vision, that you're not just going to go there and like fuck around. And especially if it's a multi-artist residency where they're giving you stipend, they want to know that you're not going to go there and just like drink and trash the place. Yeah. They want to be very serious and have a vision of what you want to do, and and they want to know about your studio practice and and so forth. So. Um, well, as a plain, plain art, uh, like a plain art, um, paint, plain air painter, what, what, for example, would you say is a goal if you do, like to to receive one of these residencies besides having the opportunity to to be in this location and paint and 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 progress in your painting? Do you, what what would you say you're trying to get out of it? So it depends on the type of residency. Um... Because I go on very solitary ones where it's just me living in a cabin for a month by myself. So that so that I'd have a very <laughs> specific goal of just, you know, leave me alone. I'm going to yeah. do my work. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to sit here with my ideas and all of the struggles and work it out. <laughs> As I always yeah. call it, um, I like to uh, scrape out, open up the scabs and scrape all the stuff out and figure it Jesus. out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that paints a pretty uh, visual... <laughs> And then there's um, uh, ones where it's with other artists, which I, I adore those as well, um, for completely different reasons. Like, I can't say one is that I like one more than the other. I love them both. Yeah. Um, and with other artists, it's, you know, you're, you're expanding your family. Uh, mm -hmm. You're meeting new people, learning their new approaches, and, um, you know, maintaining contacts, the networking aspect of it. And so do, you mention, do you mention that kind of stuff in your application? Like, you're... Oh, you're yeah build on that you want to build on you know your your networking and uh yeah definitely yeah. definitely if, if it's if it's a uh if it's a residency that has a community uh i will definitely talk about uh how i want to why i'm interested in that community and how i can give back to that community uh and then uh if it's a um solitary one i will talk about the the need for solace and um, whatever psychological investigation I'm working on at yeah. this time. Yeah, yeah you, would, you get so you can get personal. You can add, like put a little insight on your personal life in there. Like I need to get the fuck out of here, kind of stuff. Like yeah, yeah a little bit more eloquently than that. Yes, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. You want to articulate it in a much more classy fashion. We're talking a lot about plein air painting, and just for the listeners that don't know what it is, could you could yeah. you talk a little bit about what plein air painting is? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, literally it's, it's French, um, and it, it means you know. Well, I can't remember that. I don't. I don't do French, but the yeah. <laughs> more or less the literal translation is painting outdoors, um, in you know, in plain in in the air. Yeah. Open uh, air. It's like it's like oh, roughly. I think it's like open open yeah. air. Yeah, in all different climates and in in dealing in with all different because because that's what I want. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Is like the oh, yeah. the uh, situations that you've found yourself within, whether it's you know, a hundred degrees out and you have the sun beating on you. And, 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 and I like, I, I'd love to find out a little bit about like your process of like, do you, are you one of those plein air painters that will bring an umbrella or, 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 or in a climate of, if it starts pouring rain, do you find yourself continuously painting or do you do some, or do you close up shop or? Yeah. Okay. So these are, these are good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so good question. Um, I, uh, I will paint in, in any, just about any situation except for wind, but I have an asterisk on that. Um, 
Which <laughs> is a little bit of a problem because it will, you know, you're, you're, then you're just like, your easel's falling down constantly, you're chasing paintings down the way. Um, but with that said, uh, Newfoundland is extraordinarily windy. Like on an average day, you have 40 mile per hour gusts. Um, so I have just learned how to just, you know, condense myself into a little ball when I'm yeah. Like, center uh, your weight of your, your center of gravity and everything it's so, very physical um, yeah <laughs> it, it's a bit like a sport um but uh but with the wind i like I, this is the funny thing i went on this one, one residency and thought i was gonna be painting like these beautiful vistas but then there was these uh this was in upstate new york salt and stall which is another really great residency um and um for new york residents only sorry um and um <laughs> <laughs> but, <That's cool>. um, <laughs> but uh so but when i got up there there was this uh squall of severe thunderstorms that blew through and actually caused a state of emergency one town got flooded out um it was it was a bit epic and i was like i can't paint in this and <laughs> but i was yeah, looking out in the field like i was just walking because i just got in it. i was walking around in the field and i was just watching the wind whipping these tall grasses Mm-hmm. And and I do a lot of work in collaboration with nature. So you're asking about rain and snow, and I love painting in that stuff because I will in- intentionally. This is also why going out of New York City is important for me because I will intentionally stick my paintings outside overnight in the rain, and just yeah. like let them be obliterated and then go back into them later. Oh, so like I don't paint a painting, just like let it get eviscerated. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's awesome. That's thank you. <laughs> that's great. And uh, I'm all about giving up control. And, uh, so I, uh, so, you know, so I was sitting there thinking like, well, here's this wind. I've never made any work in collaboration with wind. Like what, what would I do? And I, I don't know how it came to me. I was like, oh, what if I put paint on, and I, I often paint on aluminum. So I was like, what if I put paint on these aluminum panels and stick it in the grass and let the grass make the paintings? Oh, uh, so I ran back to the studio. You're and- so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> You're like, fuck it. You do the painting. I <laughs> get drunk inside the nice warm cabin. I see how you do it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, so I, I ran back to the studio and you know, paint, set up a bunch of panels and um, uh, went out into the grass and you know, I had to stand there for a for at least a good hour, which which was a, something I learned was a little uh, physically taxing. Um, but I, uh, you know, just like bent over, hunched in the grass with this panel and, uh, you know, and like the weight of it and everything. Um, so after the, the first big one, I switched to smaller ones. <laughs> 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 you know, then I was like sticking them in trees. Like I started all, and then I started making paintings and then letting those get painted on by the grass. And it was really cool. Like I, and it was, it was really interesting because, you know, when grass, when you let grass paint, it makes grass like it looks like grass oh it's all self-portraits they're all like doing these self-portraits trees were cooler the leaves were more of these abstract shapes but um yeah grass is like it's all about me and then then you go back on top of those and and you or or you just leave those are as is those are as is um and then when i was in uh uh colorado this last summer I, i i went back to that idea where i was uh I was like, well, there's, you know, all these fallen trees and stuff here because it's the desert and, um, or it's desert-like. And um, so I was just imprinting bark into the paintings and like beating the paintings with pine needles and trying to get all these interesting textures. And those are, those are just sittings. That was only last summer. And those are sitting in my studio. I do have an intention to work into those. I haven't quite figured out mm. yet. 
uh, which is why I'm excited to go back there this summer. Because um, yeah. uh, often with these residencies, I rarely go back to them. Okay. So okay. I think this is the first time I'm going back, so I'm excited to see how that. Um, what's the What's did. your main medium? Is it oil or is it okay? Oil. Yeah. 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 So, so so this brings up a question that I had for for you was was that now, what's the process of when you are doing residencies and then you're done with all this work? Is it is it do you normally ship it back somewhere or do you take it with you on the plane or, or how, how does that how does that all come about and work um i i don't ship um for no real explicit reason other than i guess i don't want to deal with packing the work mm-hmm. um and uh so i when it's a, when i'm flying i just pack them myself if they still happen to be wet i mean i just i'll know to stop painting before the end of the residency to give yeah. work on the timing yeah okay yeah and i'll stick them out in the sun so they dry faster and um so uh but if for some reason i am traveling with some wet work which has happened many times I'll, i have little boxes that i have with me where i can tape them into so they're 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 good and safe um and you know always check your paints um you know all the little tips for traveling as an yeah. as an artist um mm-hmm. having your manufacturer safety data sheets with your paintings so in case they go through the suitcase and they're like what is this you have yeah. a circle oil <laughs> and it's made from vegetable oil lindsey <laughs> oil and have you ever it. run into that problem wow. with within oil paints because i remember one time i was flying home from visiting because my parents live in canada and i and i was flying home from uh from uh, nova scotia and they wouldn't let me even check the oil paints that they, they they made me ship them oh i've never heard of and that it was the only time that's ever happened to me but the woman was like well do you, do you want to just like leave them and i was like well, no, because it's like $60 a tube, you know, and I got like 50 tubes there. So, of course, I can't leave them, you know. I got to get them somehow. Yeah. And it ended up being like that they, yeah, that they, I ended up being able to ship them to me, but they couldn't go on the belly of the plane. So, I, you know, that, that that was another question, but you've never had that, knock on wood, but you've never had that problem. No, and I think it's because, um, I mean, it's never come up. I know that I've had my suitcase searched with my art supplies in it. Um, so I think they either something got a seal got broken or they left a note or something like that. Um, I do have artist friends who've had their stuff taken. Um, but that's why the manufacturer safety data sheets are useful because, um, that explains, cause they think it's made with like turpentine or something. Yeah. Understand yeah. Explosive. That. And... Yeah. They understand that. So the, the safety data sheets let them know that it's not cause it says that it's made from pigment and linseed okay. oil. And we explain that's from the flax plant <laughs> and, um, Okay. And then uh, the um, and then you have the flash temperature, like the the like where it will just like explode. It's a really high temperature, so you you know you have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where do you where do you get those sheets? Where do you... Yeah, because <laughs> I've never had those. I, the, yeah, where do you? Uh, you can get, you just look online, um, just like Google whatever paint company. I mean, I use so many different paints, mm-hmm. so um, I just use the majority of the paint that I have. So, uh, like, for example, Windsor & Newton, you can just go to their website and type in, you know, MSDS, and they'll have it. You can print it out. And, MSDS. Uh, it's, it's called MSDS. Yeah, I know. I'm getting fed. Well, because I, every, I, I visit my parents multiple times a year, and the, the, mm-hmm. the, a, a, a while ago what I ended up doing was I just ended up um, – I ended up buying my mother a bunch of paints because she paints too. So, and then now, so I've been like kind of just using her paints when I go to visit. But I'd I'd much rather be able to bring my own stuff, you know, because you got your own certain colors that you love. But so, yeah. So, so it's called MSDS. Yeah, yeah. Manufacturer safety data sheet. 
and uh, they actually use Windsor Newton, so they have okay, it, so. yeah, so they definitely have it. Um, they, they and they all do because I think I have it for them in Old Holland. Um, I mean, they're so old at this point. <laughs> I just have yeah. a black bag that I just grab and go whenever I'm going somewhere. <laughs> um, and then, uh, uh, I mean, you can't you cannot fly with mineral spirits or liquid. Those yeah. you definitely can't. So, but I think what's what's happening with that lady at the airport is she probably thought that it was um, explosive or like yeah, more. Yeah, like that. Didn't know what else to do, so she played it safe rather than sorry yeah. and said you can't take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're able to but but you'd you would obviously be able to obvious uh fly with linseed oil and stuff like that yeah yeah but that. and then if you because i usually put mine in a separate bottle um than the bottle it came in so i just make sure it's clearly labeled so they know what it is, it is. and then i double bag everything so i have had paint too yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh but you know lately like like going to newfoundland it's just funny hearing you talk about flying from nova scotia because i drive to newfoundland Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I'm like, Nova Scotia is like my halfway point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. But, so, so, so what? It, because for me to drive from from here from New York to to to, to Cape Britain is would be oh, okay. eighteen hours, eight, eighteen and a half probably. Yeah. So yeah. what's it to get to Newfoundland then? Um, it, it's about the same because uh, I I do the you know I drive up to Cape Breton I you know I take the ferry out of North Sydney. Okay. Um, and I usually do the Port of Basque which is the shorter one. So it's so it's you know it's the eighteen hours up to there. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the ferry I do overnight, so that's uh, five to seven hours. And um, and then when I get into Newfoundland, depending on where I'm going, usually I am more on the east coast. So that's a nine hour cro- hour drive. Jeez. <laughs> so I figured out last year I went back and forth so many times to Newfoundland that um, I spent twenty seven days in the car. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's just wow. like driving to Patagonia. Yeah, amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, but, what's yeah. the largest size? That, because because being in that situation, especially when you're dealing with wind conditions, I mean, it can be like a a canvas can be like literally like a sail of a ship. What's the biggest that you've ever worked on uh, uh, doing doing the plain air painting? Um, not big. I I don't like to for a variety of reasons. Um. One, um, you know, you're painting plein air. You're painting a moving subject. It's the sun is moving. That what you're painting changes yeah. constantly. Um, and uh, so I don't like to spend more than a a couple hours at a time in a location. So working smaller allows me to really accomplish that. Um, and uh, and then I also often will hike pretty far to paint what yeah. I want. And so weight is a real consideration. So I want things that are just going to fit in a small backpack and just go, um, including my easel. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so it's whatever's just going to fit. So like nine by 12 or smaller, I guess, in that instance. And then um, the other uh, consideration is, um, oh, no, I guess that's it. That's just the size and the weight. And I mean, uh, you, you've got to do a lot of preemptive thinking in, your, in that kind of work. you got to think, okay, how long does it take me to get to a place? and Because yeah. you want to get back before dark. Or, yeah. you know, you lose your way. Also, like like you said, the light's changing. Mm-hmm. So when you're painting, do you sometimes think ahead? Like, like I'm going to start this as if the sun is here because by the time I get to this part, the sun will be there. I mean, do you ever find yourself, yeah. like, painting into the future? Yeah, yeah, it is. But more for my own um, health benefits because, um, you know, you're standing outside um, 
you know, if you're like on an uneven surface, I mean, I've, I've learned a lot of these things the hard way, but you know, you're standing on yeah. an uneven surface for a long time. If you're on a rocky, whatever, like trying to balance because you want this perfect view, your yeah. body is going to get really pissed at you. And, yeah. uh, uh, but then also if like the sun's going to move and you're staring into the sun, that sucks. Um, yes. or if you forgot your sunscreen, um, yeah. something like that, like you're like, well, I can't just sit in the sun, like be exposed to, in this kind of light. So it, and, and then also I, you know, like I'm a, a, have a little side hobby as an amateur meteorologist. <laughs> and I, <laughs> well, yeah. you need to know. You I need mean, it's like one of the tools you need to be prepared with. Your yeah, your so, so I'll like go out, like you know, do my thumb and check the wind. I have done that. Like, where's the wind going to be coming from, and how are things being affected? And what's going on with the clouds? Is there a storm blowing through? Um, are there one that I learned the hard way? Fortunately, I did not get injured, but be very aware of the types of trees around you. Uh -huh. The same residency in upstate New York. Um, I'm sitting there painting, and all of a sudden, a tree fell. With, and, and I now know there's no warning when a tree falls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Need tons of material collapse under their own weight, and you're just like, oh my god, there's no warning for that. So that happened uh, only a hundred feet from where I was standing. Oh, Whoa, and god. and then again, and then again, <laughs> I was just yeah, like, and you're like, fuck it, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the next That's day, I had spots of paint, and a tree had fallen where I was standing. Oh my so God, I, three so strikes you and you're out. <laughs> wow. That is scary. I mean, there, there's been, especially, there, there's like, been, yeah. you know, a lot of crazy, windy, like, like the hurricanes, after the hurricane season, uh, mm -hmm. I'll go back and visit home. And those trees are down everywhere because, yeah. you know, Rockland's very, you know, tree-laden. Tree it's got a lot of forests and stuff. And the, the, the kind of areas where I used to walk in between my parents' house and other areas I shortcuts I'm afraid to walk through now because I like walk up oh, I'm gonna go for a walk in the woods and I hear like creaking and falling and creaking and falling I'm like fuck this <laughs> stuff is just falling from the sky constantly and it's you never know where it's gonna be and and, and I, I, I find that kind of terrifying and also if you get taken out out there nobody yeah. knows where you are <laughs> like yeah. James Franco yeah. Up there yeah yeah no it's it's really it's a thing so yeah you have to be super prepared be really aware of your surrounding I won't wear headphones when I'm out. Um, cause you, I, you don't, I don't do that walking in the streets in New York City. Yeah, I don't know, like to Oh, you know, fuck that. You got to be aware of your fucking surroundings. You're going to get run <laughs> over. I trampled by deer once because, you know, you're sitting out. Because <laughs> you're sitting there, you know, just all quiet. You're not really moving. You're just like sitting there. Yeah. Painting, oh, it's so lovely and all this stuff. I mean, I've seen cool shit. Like I've seen yeah. hawks swoop down and grab chipmunks like really close to me. And it's interesting, but... Um, but one time uh, I heard these deer had gotten spooked or something was happening and they were they were making a beeline at me. Oh, and geez. Like, they don't know that I'm here right now. Yeah. And um, and they're going to come right at me. So I jumped out from this tree and just like started swinging my arms around and screaming at them. Like, <laughs> like, There's probably like a couple of hunters standing there like, whoa. <laughs> no, oh, that stopped, lady. Short looked at me and then they ran off in the other direction. But I was wow. just like. So, you know, if I had headphones on, I wouldn't have been aware that that was happening. Can you give uh, an idea of what sort of sounds you made to deter the deer from... <laughs> oh, it, was, it was exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. You think deers are cute, pretty things. One time no. I was with my niece photographing in, in, you know, in New City. 
in yeah. the, in like Kennedy Park in New City, which oh, yeah. now New City's overrun with fox and deer. It's insane. Yeah. There's the amount of deer. There was like dead deer on the suburban lawns of houses, like piles of leaves. It's like, what? It's such a normalcy there. Anyway, we, it was one early morning. We were walking down one of the jogging paths to do a photo shoot. And in the middle of the path is standing this male deer with his, you know, he's got his big horns and there's a female and a kid behind him. So I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, he's protecting, he's got something to protect, you know, so there's threat. And it's a cute little deer, but they're terrifying animals when, when they're looking at you and they're not like, oh, I'm, I'm your friend. They're like, I'm going to stomp on you with my cloven hooves. And, and, and I like remember just immediately pushing my niece behind me and just be like, okay, slowly walking backwards now. We're walking backwards or getting out of the deer's way. You know, it's just terrifying when you run across these cute little animals in, in their habitat. So last year, I, I, I went out uh, twice to go paint. And one time it was kind of off of this uh, pathway and that, so it wasn't that bad. But one of the times I went out, it was way up in the mountains. And there's a lot of bear where my, where my parents are. And that, and I finally had to stop painting because I couldn't get out of my head <laughs> like, <laughs> that like a bear was gonna come out and fucking like eat my ass or something. Yeah, so, there's gotta be so. I, I, I mean, does that does that happen? Like where 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 not necessarily that you've seen them, but I mean, have you been in area? You, you must have been in areas before where you know there's a lot of you know black bears or, or yeah. Do you carry uh, weapons? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, well, it's interesting because the the only no, that's not true. Well, well, most of the bear run-ins I've had have just been hiking in the Catskills. Um, and you know, bears are black bears are pretty easy to deal with. I haven't been in places with um, grizzlies, but uh, <laughs> bears are easy to deal with. It's like, hey, man, you give it like five bucks or something, you can bribe them. <laughs> <laughs> like, Keep on yeah. going, buddy. Because <laughs> you know, I've, I've run across them a bunch of times, and. Uh, I mean, if the cubs are there, it's a different story. See, that's, but... that's what I'd be freaked out about because it's, yeah, because black bears are pretty chill. But if you're exactly like you're saying, if the cubs are there, then it's like that's a whole nother. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've only ever run into cubs while I was in a car, so it was mm. it was. I, and I, I'm sorry, and to be clear, I did not run into the cubs. With the cubs. <laughs> you're like, what was that? Oh, With that said, though, I have had two deer hit me and a moose, so. A moose? Yeah. I was in Newfoundland for 10 days and a moose went right into the side of my car. Um, that was an adventure. Um, tr especially just trying to get a new door in my car, which had to be shipped in from Montreal. And there was poor and... What about your poor cat? Is your cat? Oh, that time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's never been with me when an animal has decided to. That's like, like, take me back to Williamsburg. Christ. I'd rather deal with hipsters. So you do bring, so you do bring, you do bring. I do. Like I do. I'll, I'll, I'll always have. Um, well, there's my walking sticks are one thing, um, just because you know those can, you can swing them to make you look really big, and or if there's a human, <laughs> um, and <laughs> that, that seems a little suspect. But um, I do have bear mace with me usually. Um, to be clear, you can't travel, you can't fly with bear mace, and traveling into Canada, you have to have duck, the wrapping that it came in because mace is not. Legal so when you, try, you pick up your mace in the location too. You can stop yeah. along the side of the road and get like a can of mace. Yeah, yeah. Can it's you all bring one of those big horns. Yeah, no, I don't have a horn, no. but I have a whistle. I do have a whistle. Oh, and, whistle. Um, yeah, and I always have a first aid kit with me. And I mean, 
Not always for not for all plein air painting. Let's just be clear about that. <laughs> like Central Park, you know, like <laughs> Bear Basin. <laughs> Although maybe. The it might. <laughs> especially especially back in the seventies. <laughs> Can you tell me which way is the metro? <laughs> 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 my eyes <laughs> but uh yeah I'll have uh what else will I have with do me do not fuck with Lisa Lebowski what? <laughs> do not approach Lisa Lebowski she's out there painting yeah, leave there. her alone it's one of the parks yeah no sudden movements you're gonna get mace hit with a cane and get a whistle in the fucking ear yourself really big <laughs> swinging a stick around Hey! <laughs> yeah. Here, here, um, consider or think about imagining having a pistol. I mean, does, does the idea of weaponry get bigger in your mind? Like one day, just like have a sidearm? Yeah, no, I probably would. Uh, just because I, you know, I have like fully, um, like I'm definitely like very happily fully single. So you can't have the life that I have and have a relationship. That's impossible. Yeah. I'm, I'm just really, thinking about the movie. Like, <laughs> look out! She's the fastest draw in the West. In the right hand, she's got a paintbrush. In the left hand, she's got her six shooter. Oh, that looks just like the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, once once I have a stable home, if that ever happens again, because it most likely will be someplace like in the you know, like way out in the mountains or somewhere. And, uh, you know, I'm not adverse to that. Like, I, that's that's fine for me. I mean, I've only ever fired a gun once. So, um, but it's that's not, you know, I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I have, the other thing I do have with me is a knife. I do always have a knife with me. <laughs> well, I think it's a normal consideration. I think yeah. it's a, it's a pretty But it also looks like yeah. I need it. Like, it's it's not just a knife. It's a, it's a multi-tool, like a Leatherman. And, um, you know, it's oh, yeah. a compass. <laughs> yeah, but I need it because you know, like, what also happens when you're out in the field is you know your easel will fall over and a screw gets loose and you feel like yeah. it and yeah. you know so you just need to have a multi tool. So I always have a knife on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so now now everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's packing. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. As far as like other, just going back to the other animals thing. I mean, the, the biggest issue is ticks. Like those are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to. That's got to give you some paranoia there. Oh, walking through tall grass all the time. Yeah, I have picked numerous ticks off of myself. <laughs> and um, I, I, this one residency I did last year in upstate New York, it was um, it was a lot of ticks. I knew that. And usually, even in the summer, I'll be painting with long pants tucked into my knee-high wellingtons and uh, um you know and i'll spray my clothing with d and i'll be totally covered like i don't don't, whatever sweat like who cares and um so i but this one day i just i I knew that i I just i went walking through tall grasses i don't think i sprayed my clothing with deep that day Mm. and i got back to the place where i was staying and um I, there was ticks all over my pants. Oh my god! Oh Jesus! <laughs> so like, you must have, you must have hit a, a hive or something. Or yeah, yeah, and I just like, and there's ear ticks too. So I was like, all right, this is oh, cool. Sh- so I just I immediately like stripped down through everything in the wash, and uh, and I, I jumped in the shower, and then and it was funny when I took my pants out of the wash. They were all these like little bloated ticks. <laughs> oh man, full of tide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They were clean. At least they were clean ticks. Yeah. <laughs> but I still crush them because I'm not convinced that they're not still so yeah. Oh, yeah. terrible. 
Yeah. And, uh, but then I had like this terrible experience happen where I was on the phone later or something. And I just, I just like, and I'd showered it had been hours and I just casually glanced down at my thumb oh, no. and saw the tiniest little nymph tick crawling oh. across oh. my thumb. And I was like, you a little bastard. Like, where were you yeah. hiding? I just rubbed and washed and everything. I jumped right back in the shower. Mm -hmm. I've never had Lyme disease though, so I'm yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta so, be careful. But, but ticks are a real, real consideration. Um, and like I, they, and they're, they're, you, they will find a way. Ah, uh, my body's so itchy right now. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I, I hate you, <laughs> guys. Can you check? I can't see. <laughs> mm. I've got a lot of body hair too, and I do a lot of outdoor photography stuff. Yeah, I know. You're like, all the stuff you're doing, you're like climbing around in swamps. Like, yeah, that was a tough one. I almost didn't get that. My, 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 uh, my sister got a little bit down on me. She's like, so what is this location that you're taking my daughter to? Kind of thing. You know, I'm like, yeah. She's like, I just read an article about, you know, this brain eating bacteria that, you know, gets absorbed. I'm like, listen, okay, you know. Uh, she's not getting submerged in the water. Nothing, nothing, you know, above the the thighs. It's all good. But then, you know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh fuck, man. <laughs> I don't think those are this far up north, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's 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 fairly safe. I mean, you got you got ticks. I mean, I found a tick on my shoe when I was out last. But you know, I do the same kind of thing. You know, tucking in the pants and the socks and fully wrapped and spray me down and make sure that everybody else is. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, but it does it does uh it does kind of worry me so like more so than bears and 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 other creatures. Yeah, bears. yeah, because like you know you can scare a bear, but there's nothing you can do about a tick. Yeah, no. and a little thing you're like ah. Meanwhile, it's just like a piece of dirt, and you're just like it induces such a paranoia over me, you know, that every little black dot is you know. Yeah, you have to yeah. dig out yeah. with a knife, covered crater. That's a perk. That is a perk to Newfoundland is they do not have ticks up there, um, yeah. or um, it's any. It's super cold, right? Yeah, it's too it's cold for them. Well, in 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 uh, Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah. No ticks. No no venomous anything. Um, no so, West so Nile. I think like the Cape, I think Cape Britain would be the same then, probably. It's pretty fucking cold up there too during the yeah the yeah except I, I can't remember if there's deer in Newfoundland because Cape Breton does have deer so oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. also part of the issue but um but well, yeah notice because uh you know when I'm out doing stuff outdoors in the woods and stuff like that uh, I don't have a problem like doing the daytime things but at night do you, do you ever find yourself getting a little bit scared I I, I get a little scared at night yeah, woods. this is interesting. This has been a real eye opener for me um, because you know I grew up in the woods. Yeah. As you know, New City can be very wooded, and I was in a very wooded area, uh -huh. and I was terrified of my backyard at night. Yeah. Absolutely, like even as an adult going back to visit my parents, and I'm still there. I, I yeah. had I had to close all the blinds. I was terrified of the, the woods. Yeah, night. yeah, I get that. Yeah, and then when I and I even did you know all the camping I've done and. Um, I, anything in upstate New York, like I, I did another residency that was off grid in the Catskills in a cabin. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, what, to be fair, I, what I'm most scared, well, what I learned, what I'm most scared of is um, uh, mountain people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're terrifying. You start hearing the banjo and shit, you're like, oh no. 
it's like, no. you know, it's there. And so I, I was, especially like I'm in the Catskills, so I, in certain parts. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, I, and it's funny because I know, like, like so, you know, I sort of lived up there for a while and I'd hung out with a lot of these people and they really know how to be. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, just at night when I'm by myself, I'm a little scared of them. Listen, and, uh, <laughs> I spend a week alone and I become like a scary person to myself. I can imagine these people like always for years been by themselves and running out of interesting things to, to do out there. Yeah. Yeah. People kind of scary too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I was a little concerned, you know, as I'm like taking off to go live by myself in the wilds of everywhere, like anywhere in North America yeah. and just, just me and my bear mace and a cat. But, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, I, who's declawed and um, <laughs> she's really oh, old. mad. She's like, what? <laughs> she's the start writing letters, please. Buy me a pair. <laughs> something. <laughs> Give me some weapon. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but I, I, so I thought I would get scared, you know, and I was in these really isolated places in Newfoundland and um, no problem. Not scared in the least. I'd walk out at night and, you know, like the wind howls up there. Like it really goes, ooh, you're like, what is that? It's loud. Yeah. And, um, but I'm like, this is kind of cool. And oh, I just, no, I always, ghost again. I know. <laughs> I'm it's completely safe and fine. And I think it's because people are so, even though you're really isolated, people are so friendly up there. Um, and they really truly know every one of your moves and stuff. Yeah. That, that you're just like, I know somebody's t- looking after me right now. Like, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> like first, because you know, you see something, they're like, "Oh, I heard you're off the island the other day," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> How'd you know?" So, um, or like, "Oh, you know, I heard that you ran out of like toilet paper. Is everything that's taken care of?" Larry at the general store told him. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So it's. Um... Oh, they notice there's one roll less on the shelf. Like, <laughs> no, Must be Lebowski. Worker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I, so I realized, I was like, wow, it's really, it's like specific to woods in New York. Because then even like being out in Colorado, it was really sweet. And I was out in Colorado. I was fine in the dark there. And there there's bears and mountain lions and stuff. I mean, it's so rare that you see any of them. But, um, but like some of the other people camping were really nervous. Uh-huh. And uh, so much so that, because I left a few days early. So they were just like, what are we going to do when you're gone? <laughs> <laughs> I guess like the like cows farms near there, like cows came in at night one night. Oh no, the, the deadly cow. What is it? But like where's Lisa? We need her we need her with her knife and her bear spray. Yeah. <laughs> one of the most sweet and docile animals ever. <laughs> wow. So Let me trap you. <laughs> I noticed behind in the studio you have you, you have some larger works. I, I, do do you do you um do the, do those come from sometimes working on the smaller pieces uh, outside? So, and... Yeah, yeah. I um, so what I really love about plein air painting is it really you're forced to think on your feet and um, <clears throat> and and you're given a limited amount of time, so it forces you to experiment, work out of your comfort zone, try things out that you wouldn't necessarily do in the studio. Uh, or have just accidents happen, like you know, you get rained on, or it's windy, and you want to stick your yeah. paint in the grass, things, things like that. And so I'll take for sure what I learned out in nature, and then bring that into the studio to do for the larger work. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for sure, the smaller work informs the the larger. Uh-huh. Uh, the way the way I describe it to people is, um, you know, you're 
because like, even with the larger work, a lot of times I do use photos. Like I'll take photos of That's places. What I want that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take photos of places where I've been because sometimes mm -hmm. it's, I'm just not going to make a big painting out there. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Or so, sometimes I really am in a situation where, like, because I've spent a lot of time on boats, so I'll just be out to sea for a month, and I do bring my painting stuff. Amazing. But you know, when you're sailing, like, you can't really sit there and make a painting while you're sailing because the yeah. boat's moving and like. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the subject you're painting is moving. So, um, so I'll definitely take a lot of photographs. Um, and uh, what what I'll do is, um, it, it's very, it's always very important though that it is a place that I've spent a lot of time because I don't literally work from the photographs. They're there more as a compositional idea. And mm -hmm. instead, what I'm painting, like they're not, they're not actual landscapes that I'm painting. They're more. Um, uh, ideas. The landscape's just a vehicle for an idea. Yeah, um, yeah. They're really even about a landscape. They're usually about um, they're psychological. So they're yeah, emotions and, and yeah, yeah. It's a lot about loss and adjustment and, and I'll and, tell you that large that larger one of like sort of um, tall grass that it's almost monochromatic painting I've seen of the most recent is absolutely phenomenal. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw compliments out at this. For this that the one. grass painted that one. <laughs> the grass painted that one. That That's large that up. large panel. Uh, it's only that, that one's ten inches by sixteen inches. So I'm trying to think what else it could. It's larger than that. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know the size exactly, but oh, it no. it was kind of monochromatic, right? Is it green? Uh, bluish green, gray, kind of. I I, I don't know exactly. Okay. I I could actually probably try and pull it up. Okay, for you, yes. But it was th that was like, you know, starting to to pull on certain uh, heartstrings of mine where I was getting oh. subtle hints of you know not just the French expressionist. But also like uh, Anselm Kiefer kind of stuff that that I was seeing mm -hmm. that was oh wow abs absolutely beautiful because that's just like you know my 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 favorite. Oh, cool. well, um, well, while you're looking for that, so I what I do is um, <clears throat> so what, when I'm making these paintings, it's very important that I'm because I, I don't really listen to music that much either when I'm painting. So sometimes I do, um, just because you know I like to get a little rhythm going, but or like podcasts and stuff. But usually I'm not really listening to anything, and so I'm just I'm I what I'm painting is the feeling of the air. That's the most important thing. That's mm. why painting so important to me because I'm painting the air and the smells and the sounds and and all of this other stuff that's there. One of the best compliments I ever had was uh, a friend of mine who's a writer um, uh, and an artist in his own right, uh, Daniel Maidman. He he reviewed one of my shows for Huffington Post, and he. He wrote, he's like, the thing with Lisa's paintings is, uh, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> the thing with it's okay. Is you, you're, you, you taste the salt on your tongue. Like you yeah. feel yeah. that. Yeah. You can hear this, the water pulling through the sand. And I was yeah. just like, that's it. Oh yeah. my gosh, I did yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. If I could get any compliment, yeah. that'd be the best. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, and the, so what I, the way I describe it, it's, I just had a workshop yesterday, so I'm like a little on fire with talking about plein air painting. Oh, that's great. Um, is uh, the way I, I describe it to people is, uh, you know, when I'm outside and I'm sitting there painting it, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at the subject of each brush mark is an adjective for that subject. So you're not going to mm. sit there and just want to be like cloud, 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 or like the cloud is white. Yeah. Soft. Like, you know, you want to have like, you want to have it be an interesting story. Mm -hmm. So you're coming yeah. up with all these different words, this visual vocabulary through the mark making to really take no, us yeah. Yeah, it's, that subject. That's brilliant. I mean, your, your, your paintings, the, uh, uh, like each, each stroke, it's a, they, it's a complete new lexicon of, 
of the impression of this place of each particular place they're very i mean they have a lot of weight there's a lot of weight to your work how much uh, reworking would you say that you do? Um, so, the, like, well, do you mean with the plein air pieces? Or, yeah, no, or no. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I should have been more clear. But like, when you get back into the studio, uh, studio, and you and, and you're working a painting, do, do do you do you get in there in, in, in multiple sessions, or is it kind of just like one pass, or do you find yourself, no, this is I got to change this. This got to move around, you know? And that. yeah. So the plein air paintings will generally not get touched again. Um, yeah. so Sometimes they do. And the reason they do is because they'll get damaged in transit. Mm -hmm, <laughs> but I'm like, all right, well, this is an interesting opportunity to take this someplace else that I didn't expect at all. Um, and um, and then uh, so so in those instances, they'll they'll get worked on more. But the paintings in my studio, I even even when I think something is done, like I had uh, these two paintings that I made just before I left New York. Um, and uh I, you know, I squeezed them in under the wire and I was like, right, these are great. And then I spent this year away making all these other paintings and my work going up this uh, kind of other direction that I didn't really understand until I came back to New York and I'm looking at those paintings and I was like, oh my gosh, these are awful. I thought this was like the pinnacle of what I was doing. <laughs> and uh, so I just, I started going back into them, um, but I was really struggling with that. And, you know, and so I was just like working and working and working. And, uh, um, and then I, uh, Interestingly enough, like you know, I came back and a few uh, friends of mine because I have this whole background in figurative art because of the New York Academy of Art, and so mm. some of my friends from there were like, "Hey, there's all these figure drawing sessions. We'd love to have you come." I was like, "That's cool. Landscape paintings get invited out. That's awesome." <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I went drawing from the from life you know, from the model and something just clicked. Something like this weird little roadblock I was having. With paintings that I had kind of abandoned or I didn't abandon I thought they were done but then I was like oh, yeah. terrible and then I went drawing from the figure and somehow that made everything gel for me for these other mm. things of oceans mm -hmm. <laughs> and um it just all of a sudden things just took off so this is only like a month ago um so you talk about like the all the most recent water pictures that you've yeah. been Posting? Yeah, those be the very most recent ones. Yeah, yeah. Those are absolutely incredible. Uh, like I, I, I have such a soft spot for paintings of water, you know, and it's not an easy thing to do. And and, I mean, yours literally. There, there, there are times I don't see you as a like a photorealistic painter at all, yeah. but your your capture of realism of this ever moving, very complex object is is incredible. It's Thank it's. You. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfair. Yeah. I found that I, I found that too when I was glad that went into it. I'm yeah. fucking angry. I'm no, I'm I'm very uh, a lot of tears in those paintings. Yeah, I found that too when I was looking at when I was going through the work and and that I was I was I was looking at it and I was thinking like wow are, th are these photos and then you know you know knowing that you're a painter I was like of course they're not but like they're just incredible like the the, the water ones and stuff it's like wow they they look so alive and real you know thank you thank yeah. you yeah yeah and it is a challenge because there's i mean there's no shortage of artists painting water mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no shortage of yeah, yeah 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 uh, to, to bring a unique voice to that is an exceptionally difficult challenge and i'm up for it uh you know every every now and then i'll leave the water because i just am like oh you know, the, the XYZ artist is doing it and they're doing it better, you know, so wh why am I even trying to add to the conversation? Like, yeah. uh, like Vija Selman's or like, you know, um, 
rag ortner or something or like you know like it's just i'll I, it you know like they did it they yeah. they nailed it it's amazing how, how am i contributing but that but you know i do have something to say absolutely you know? i think we all do I, i've thought that way too but then i'm like well i got something to say and and, and granted it might not be like you know that other person's but at least it's going to be my own thing to say on it you know and and that and, and it's just your own like little little signature on that and then two the, the other thing too is you don't know what you're going to find within doing it you know you know you, you don't yeah. know where that experience is going to take you you know because then that thing always leads like you said with the figure drawing thing it always will end up leading you somewhere else you know where it's like I'm sure you would think at that point, like figure drawing. I, I, I'm not not that there's anything wrong with it, but I'm doing landscapes and stuff, you know. And then I'm gonna go do this, okay? And then boom, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I just I, I love how I, I guess you know where I was going with that is just how everything kind of leads you somewhere else, you know. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing with artists is we're um, we're very sensitive creatures. We're totally the canary in the coal mine. And anything that's going around on around us is just absorbed, absorbed, anything, mm -hmm. any minute little nothing, anything. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be totally absorbed into you and affect you. And then you have to regurgitate that into your art. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. That's why it's good to sometimes put, put yourself in situations that are unconventional to what your habit or you, what you're used to it's in, 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 in situations regarding your medium or, or your approach to your work because it will enhance whatever is at the root of your work. If you are, you know, um, you know, a landscape painter for, for, for argument's sake, and you do the figurative stuff, you're gonna take something from that into your landscape painting, you know, it's gonna be useful. And that's, yeah. that's why anybody who, who hasn't tried what you do in, in the open air and the plain air painting, um, experimenting with something like that would probably, for the mo mo almost definitely, enhance whatever it is that they do, whether it's sculpture, or or or, or figurative painting, or photography, or anything, just because right. you were you're going to pick something from that experience. Because yeah. we're communicators, yeah. we're, it's it's about communication. We're uh, artists are all we're in the business of communication, and and we need to we need to learn new language or or like how your your visual paintings are a narrative are like a, a, a like like you're writing a book but it's all visual and each painting contains verses and and and, and this language and you have to pick up new stuff otherwise you become redundant or boring you're bored with yourself yeah. and and you you know you exhaust yourself you know yeah, I, uh, no, that's why i go plein air painting like that's why i stick myself in awkward and uncomfortable yeah. situations because I just, you never know what is going to affect you deeply yeah. and what you'll need to, you know, have to share with people from that. Yeah. What's the average to, what's the average time? I mean, I, I know obviously it must fluctuate, but what's the average time when you're painting outside that you usually give yourself to, 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 to complete something? Um, I don't like to spend more than two hours. It used to be three. Honestly, it hasn't been three hours in a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll, I'll usually do like, cause I, one, I, I'm a little bit of a short attention span painter, mm -hmm. um, really hard for me. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I was in the studio and I lost track of time and I didn't eat. That, that's not me. Like, I'm very yeah. much like, I need a nap at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, do you, do you notice like, because we were talking about like jocks and burnouts earlier, yeah. like, do you notice like, like plein air painters is, 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 a, is that a specific type of person that you notice oh, that are, are like, That's a really good question. Because um, it takes a very like a certain amount of of freedom 
to be able to be out on the uh, on the move or 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 you yeah. know, also in conjunction with I'd say we're a bit more granola for sure <laughs> we're a bit more crunchy um uh that that goes i think without saying because you know you have to really love nature to want to just sit there and be exposed to it for so yeah. long so do you not find a lot of goths out on the uh, plain air <laughs> it's really funny <laughs> but no no well, there's ones uh, with the umbrellas and yeah, I I know. Know. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely the parasols I, no I, sun I, yeah. <laughs> I like really tiny top hats <laughs> like that's not going to protect you from the sun honey that's... but it looks great you need a you need a bigger hat than that <laughs> um but yeah, no, I mean, that, that is interesting. It does. It's a certain kind of person who even wants to go backpacking or camping. So they definitely are more the hippies of the art world, I'd say. Um, I'm just thinking of the plein air painters I know. And you you also, I mean, I, I noticed on your, um, on your Instagram feed, uh, you, you do your own sort of like Q&A kind yeah. of uh, a thing. How did that start? And uh... um. So that started in January. I I was having a pretty low month, um, few months, and <laughs> I uh, you know I was in isolation. December was kind of difficult because I was really in transition and I had a really rocky landing in Newfoundland for the winter, and I wasn't really staying anywhere for the month. And I was uh, like, just some things had gotten derailed last minute, and I you know so I was struggling a bit personally and just feeling really disconnected and. Um, and, and I, you know, I've recognized that social media matters and yeah. as much as I've tried to not fully acknowledge that. And I was like, for some reason, my engagement really dropped off severely. So I was like, you know, I need to do something about this. I need to have a more interesting feed. I, you know, I did mm -hmm. some research and learned that, you know, if you have videos, that's really interesting. You need to engage your viewers. And I was like, yeah. okay. I was like, well, you know, I I have an interesting story. I have a nice smile, and yeah. I I can be kind of funny. So let me just like do this little yeah. thing called Ask Lebowski, and I just uh -huh. answer the questions that people have asked me. And um, you know, I try, I try to keep it down to thirty seconds, and they're all shot in black and white. And it's, yeah, it's good actually. It was a little bit of a boost to my social media following, and it really was. Uh, I mean, to me, it was fully experimental, but what quickly happened, which was the most beautiful aspect of it, um, is people started contacting me privately uh -huh. saying, I'm really moved by your story. And I really appreciate how sincere and honest you are about uh, what you've gone through in your personal life and, and where you're going and, and uh, you know, just your own insecurities, like how you'll just share them. And it's really been inspiring, and I thank you. And I, I hope yeah, and in tandem with your with with your courage and bravery in that in taking on a very, you know, uh, isolated nomadic sort of be painter behavior and and tackling something. It's almost it's almost an archaic, you know, lifestyle for for an artist. The way that you're that living like from residency to residency, painting outdoors, like like it's like fucking 1800s or something you know it, it it takes it takes guts and it's very inspiring to to see somebody uh, like do that and you know not not to like point out whether it, it's your gender or your age but those things count in in life they you know they, they make a difference and to see somebody you know doing it 
is very fucking inspiring. I'm I'm very inspired by it, and I'm, I'm like the other people who have wrote wrote into you. I'm I'm charmed by by your character and by your talent, and and yeah, yeah. Thanks. So thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks for listening. What? So- how? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was oh. going to say, how else can people like if they're interested in, for example, your your classes that you teach, your 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 plein air classes in New York or wherever you might be? How can people find your schedule or accessibility? Yeah. To- I, I, Instagram is definitely the best. So um, you know, at Lisa underscore Lebowski, um, I update that pretty regularly, um, and my website is generally up to date uh, and. Uh, also, my Facebook artist page, Lisa Lebowski Artist. Those are probably the best ways there. Yeah. And your website is lisalebowski.com? Yes. Yes. Okay. And it's uh, L-E-B as in boy, O yeah. F as in Frank, S as in Sam, K-Y. It's an intimidating last name because there's only two vowels. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't scared. I ain't scared of a couple of vowels. <laughs> Too many consonants. <laughs> what's what's the, uh, the your last name? What's what's the background of that, like heritage wise? It's you know it's a little hard to say. I mean, because you know Jews and borders and property yeah. and getting kicked out of places. So it's it's a little yeah. bit hard to say. I think we figured that it's probably Lithuanian. Um, that family got pogromed out uh, in the late 1800s. It ended up in England, um, and. Uh, yeah, and then my mother's side is a different last name. So my mother's side is Eastern European, Hungarian, Polish. So mm. Eastern European, Ashkenazi, Jew, yeah. situation. <laughs> I, I want to ask you another question too about the yeah. about the uh, traveling and with the plane air now. How 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 um, how easy are you able to like break it down to like where like are you able to get everything into like two backpacks or one big like duffel bag or because I mean obviously you have your easel, you have your paints, you have your brushes. You have your pants. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty good at this point. Um, I uh, especially with just like being you no, know, excuse me, being a nomadic. It's uh, you know you want and you know I more or less live out of my car, so it has to be everything that fits mm. there. And uh, so um, I have a portable studio that I travel around with, which fits into three egg crates, <laughs> and then okay. I pack, and then I have uh, plus the panel. That's that's the larger aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but then when I'm traveling plein air um, and, and, you know, flying around and so forth, yeah, I have it condensed to ideally like a small backpack. Um, right. I, yeah, I, I kind of got rid of, I mean, I still use my French easel sometimes, but if I'm flying somewhere or, or anything like that, I try to have it just, yeah, all condensed into that. And, um, but if I, if I am like, for example, for the, I'll just mention the Colorado one just because that's um, what I'm leaving for the students. Well, that and Gentile. But I'll be try. I'll be flying for those, and I know I'll have um, one small suitcase, and then one small. Um, well, it's not small. But I will have a backpacking backpack, but the smaller one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, le- yeah. Learning how to do that kind of stuff right is important. Is that ever? Is that part of the curriculum when you do your classes and whatnot? When is I that- teach, when I teach it. Yeah. Uh, I do. Um, I mean, for the one for the one-off workshops that are just like one or two days, I can't get into it too much, but I, I have taught lengthier classes, courses, and uh, yeah, I definitely have a whole lecture. I mean, some people must show up and just be totally unprepared for something like like uh, for, for open-air painting. Oh, they yeah. show up with their stuff, like, oh, 
how the fuck do I do this? I don't... <laughs> yeah. They always, they always have the easel that's way too big or yeah. like. Mm-hmm, oh. mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, and I get it because when I first started, I had a full French easel, and I do no longer even look at that thing. So, mm-hmm. um, I have my half French easel, um, which does fit my suitcase, but my I most prefer these days is a tiny little sketchbox easel that fits on my lap. Yeah. That I got off Amazon for like 20 bucks and a children's camping chair, which I hardly ever use. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't use that anymore. I just, I just put my, co- I always have a raincoat. No matter where I am, I'm going to have a raincoat because I can lay that out on a rock yeah. or anything and sit on it and it keeps me dry. Yeah. Um, as long as it's not a place with ticks. And, mm. <laughs> and uh, you know, and then inside the sketch box, my paints and my, well, I, yeah, my paints and my brushes will all fit in there and my medium. And depending on where you go, do you, do you kind of like uh, sort out like color? Because you don't want to bring every color of the rainbow with yeah. you. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm going out that day, um, I, you know, in theory, I would will know that landscape. So I'll know which colors I'll basically need. So I'll just have my whole palette squeezed out before I go out uh-huh. and just bring like a couple of key replacement colors. Yeah. So I'm not carrying all the paint. Well, yeah, because in that, in that instance, it's really a weight issue. I just want to shuffle all that stuff, yeah. and um, and then uh, and then as far as the things that I paint on, I, these days I'm mostly painting on paper, prepared paper, because um, it's super lightweight, or just thin sheets of aluminum, like old lithography plates that I've sanded down and trimmed down. Um, that I'll later mount. You don't find the, you don't find the surface too too. I mean, obviously you gesso it, right? But do you still it's not too smooth with the aluminum. Uh, no, I don't gesso it. Uh, I oh, paint wow. right on. Yeah, I paint right on raw aluminum. Um, oh, usually, wow. I sand it. Yeah, usually I sand it, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that creates a nice tooth. It, it's a tough surface to work on because it's not forgiving at all, especially the mm-hmm. way I paint. It's very um, and all my paints, whether on canvas or paper or anything, layering is incredibly important, and you always see the base layer yeah. at uh, any given point of the paint. Like you, you can see the whole painting <laughs> through the painting. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a big part of my process, and um, so the aluminum you still see it through it, so I won't totally cover it. But because of the nature of aluminum, you know, it, cre- it does create this thin oxide layer immediately, and um, that is cut ca- that can flake over time. So you have to really like integrate the paint into that oxide and like through it and into the painting. Did you fix your paintings at all? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, an interesting thing I've been doing lately is uh, I, I also I do draw and I, I uh, work with graphite a lot. So I've been doing a lot of graphite on aluminum. So uh, I'll do an under drawing in mm-hmm. graphite and then spray lacquer it and mm-hmm. then paint on top of that. Okay. Um, but what I will do uh, with paintings that are just on on uh, aluminum, uh, just the aluminum without the graphite, after a few years I will varnish it, and mm-hmm. I find that that creates a really nice durable situation for them mm-hmm. and your it, paper well, it works on paper i'm sorry uh, but like how do you deal with works on paper as far as fixing um i um uh those i don't i mean sometimes i'll varnish them it's a mixed bag um but what i do i treat the paper first um okay. so i'll either i'll either shellac if it's white paper i'll use amber shellac okay um, or sometimes I will gesso it and then do a rough layer of yellow ochre on it because I just like the yellow ground to work when on. You say, when you say like amber shellac, do you use like the bullseye spray? Is that what you use? Oh, I well, they have a spray. <laughs> they have a spray. 
Oh my god! All right, no. Yeah, they, I okay. just noticed. I know because I, I use the bullseye shell, amber shellac on you know a lot of furniture that I that I make because I really love that that color. But oh, I just noticed recently they actually have it in spray cans too. Oh, that's great! Yeah, I didn't know that. I used it. I painted on out of a can. Mm. Um, oh, and you know, and I probably still will keep doing that because I like things to be brush strokey. I like to have a very uneven surface to work on. Um, and then on paper, uh, other paper, I have. I've just, <laughs> there was a paper supplier or manufacturer in Tribeca that was going moving locations when I was in grad school. Mm. So they posted something up on FreeCycle at the time, and I saw it. They're like, "Oh, we have all these papers." So I walked in, and they really had like rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls of ridiculous amounts of paper. Like everybody in my year at grad school really won. They're still <laughs> using that paper. They're still using, and I yeah. still use. I just like finally this last year, just with like being so nomadic and everything, I was like, oh, let me just like really went nuts with working on paper, and I've been chopping it down, and so I've been sealing it with matte medium, and I had uh, this is actually a whole new direction that my work is going that I haven't really fully investigated yet. So the first ones to hear about it is I. I, you know, I it's sitting there and like putting the layers of gel medium on paper is a little tedious, and eventually I was getting really lazy with it, and, like being very uneven. It's a very uneven, yeah. w- weird surface of like brush strokes and like almost a low relief. And um, I was painting uh, when I was up in uh, uh, Newfoundland this winter. Um, I uh, I was staying at a B and B that was closed for the winter, so I was having my my shining moment as the caretaker. And so <laughs> I All work and no play. <laughs> and um, so the the pack ice came down early this year, and um, uh, which which going back to the animals thing was a bit of an issue because with the pack ice comes the polar bears. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was all eager to go out snowshoeing one day, and because we finally had a decent snowfall, and my neighbor was like, "You're not going anywhere." It's polar bears are out there. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, and they're hungry. <laughs> they're hungry. Mm-hmm. Those we don't work on them. <laughs> Oh. But I, um, but I, uh, you know, but the pack ice came down. So I was like, oh, this is great. It came down pretty early. I was still there. I'm going to start making paintings of them. So I was doing it on this like highly textured paper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I paint, I mean, I, I, I can paint thick, but I'm basically a thin, pretty thin painter. Mm-hmm. And um, so as I was working on this and just, you know, letting the brush just lightly glide across the textured paper, I was creating these really interesting patterns. Mm. And really kind of dictating what the painting should be. Because, you know, like I was saying, I, I like to sometimes spray my paintings or stick them out in the rain and let them get eviscerated and see what yeah. happens and then kind of let that determine what I'm going to paint. Yeah. And uh, so I found this was a new way for me to, to work in that way, like have this random paint brushwork yes. and kind of be on top of it. So I'm, I'm excited. I have a large sheet prepared, so I'm excited to do a big one and see, see where that goes. Awesome. So more like textural work now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, your imagery is already so textural. The, the, uh, I love seeing uh, work in in person that has the texture as well, because uh, I can't tell, you know, the surfaces and the textures mm-hmm. that you're working on because everything I see is is on the internet, mm-hmm. you know. And that was my other question for in the studio: is it is it canvas? Is it panel? Is it uh, aluminum as well, or or for, all of it. for the bigger pieces? All. Yeah, all of it. Uh, oh, all yeah. of it. All of it. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I work um, for the large aluminum panels. I use honeycomb aluminum, um, and it's the same stuff they make aircraft out of, so it's pretty, pretty lightweight. Aerodynamic. What is, it, what is it so much about the aluminum? Because this is amazing. What, what is it that you love about it? Is it? I mean, there's obviously something that you're getting from it, right, the, from painting on it. 
Yeah, um, it's shiny. Um, it's, <laughs> is it, it keeps is it, it shaped so, nicely it, and it's light. It's not. It's not super light. I mean, it's definitely heavier than a can than you know linen or canvas would be. But it's um, uh, it's but not but you know a large panel that size would be heavier. So there's there's yeah. that. But um, it's you know I leave the metal showing, and what I what I love about that is the painting is not static. It's constantly changing as you're moving around it. Yeah, the way the light catches it. Yeah, it totally changes. Um, mm -hmm. I had collectors tell me, that, this one collector tell me how um, they have their, this one painting I made of some clouds like hanging by their window and they love coming home at night and sitting with a cocktail or a glass of wine or something and watching the sunset and seeing how that affects changing yeah. the painting. Uh, excellent, excellent. Um, so it's very, it's very luminescent. And, um, I, you know, for me, especially painting nature, that really captures the subtle change of light that happens in nature. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it just, uh, you know, and I, I like that, uh, the viewer's engagement with the work that way. Yeah, it's like the painting is now working for you. Yeah. Again, you're you're getting lazy. You're making the grass do all the painting, and yeah. then light is doing all the work afterwards. No, you really are working collaboratively with nature. In, yeah. in it's 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 brilliant. It's so nice to hear that because it adds another whole uh, layer to Absolutely. to your work. Absolutely. I can't find. I've been digging for this. I know. Picture. Where's I think, this picture? Uh, I can't find it. I remember a picture of you standing in front of it on an easel, talking. Oh, almost, that's a waterfall. Okay, that's a waterfall. Yeah, yeah. That waterfall painting. I I'm in love with that one. Oh, thank you. You know what's interesting? So, and and actually, I, I mentioned you were saying because um, uh, I was going to say David, but that doesn't help. Uh, Stupakis, uh, Mr. Stupakis, you had asked me about painting into work and like how I know or like how much I'll work into a painting. Mm -hmm. And um, so that waterfall painting, well, so a couple of years ago I had a painting um, from 2011 that was on a museum tour and got damaged while on tour. Now that's the best case scenario because museums are professional. It was well insured. I got flown out to assess the painting. They covered everything. Um, and then I realized that, and I met with a conservator and I realized I could repair it. So we shipped it, um, back to New York and then I repaired it and my time got covered. But it was really interesting because it was a painting from 2011. This was in 2016. So I'm sitting there painting over my old brushwork and it was from Lisa from five years earlier. And I, at that point I had been, my life had totally turned upside down. So yeah. it was totally different than I ever thought it would be at this point or yeah. at that point. And um, so I just was having this weird like reconnection with myself by having our, my old brushwork and my new brushwork work mm -hmm. together create this image and I just learned that I, fun I fundamentally paint differently now mm -hmm, and because yeah. I'm a different person how difficult and, was that I mean that must have been really difficult then right to get back into it to, to, to it try was, to at first at first it was because I was like oh I'm gonna have to mimic my old brushwork and then I was just like no I don't yeah I have to no you have the freedom it's it's your fucking painting and it, you're having a conversation with yourself and you yeah. can't really you can't insult yourself like sometimes you could talk with a person and the way you talk could be very like i get into this sometimes i get very into things and sometimes i get loud and some people think i'm mad at them or something <laughs> but i'm not i'm just fucking talking you know mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so you can have that kind of conversation with yourself without like hey hey you know stepping on on your own toes yeah or you no, be like, oh you you you, you kind of sucked a little back then so let me just fix this for you it's like what do you mean i said no shh, it's okay you know what you're right i did suck 
Well, you know? it, was, it was it was very sweet and tender. It was really this this beautiful experience. So I, I kind of wanted to go back into that. And so that waterfall painting was also from well, it was from 2012. And I was sitting in my studio, and you know, a lot of it's had interest, but I'm not going to exhibit anymore. It's just old at this point, and it's just been sitting there, sitting there. And then I had a studio visit recently. Um, and uh, with, the, with the gallerist, and he was looking at that painting, he was really drawn to it, but he was like, you know, I can't really sell this to my collectors because it's, uh, um, you know, you can't, it's too abstract, like, it doesn't have the real sense of place in it. And I was just like, well, that's really interesting because I, I had, I've been sitting on this painting forever, and I, uh -huh. I never really knew why it wasn't moving or what was happening. And, uh, and I just... I, I just had, you know, I remembered the experience I had with the damaged painting. I was like, well, what if I just go back into that now? Yeah. And so I started painting on it again, and it's super fun and uh, really interesting to just, again, have this conversation with Lisa from... No, yeah, and picking up where you where you left off. And, and yeah. I, it's that it's a great way to learn from, from yourself because you, you, as a painter and artist, you're always progressive. You're always moving forward, and a lot of stuff gets forgotten you know ideas techniques you know or you, you you move on to the another technique and you forgot you know you forgot about the old your old style back there that you left and, mm -hmm. and to yeah. go back into an old painting it's it's revisiting with yourself and and re you're reminding yourself of, of of certain things that you're capable of doing and improving on it too and fixing a fucking painting nothing wrong with fixing a painting from 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 way back whenever and I, I I love it. You know, I find, you know, most most of my older work is buried. You know, either, you know, in storage or whatever. But some when I break it out and I have it sitting around for a while, I'm like, oh man, I, I just should get back in there. And sometimes, you know, if I have enough time where I want to work on an old piece, I go in there and just feel so good about updating it. You know, like yeah. with techniques or methods that I know now that I didn't know then. You know, totally. Totally. And it's like what I was saying, you know, that when I when I'm out there painting plein air, you know, it's like a writer sitting with their subject and trying to come up with the adjectives to tell the story, you know, write a story to describe the, the situation. And I have a different I have a bigger vocabulary now. Yeah. It's just like these these kind of conversations that Stupakas uh, and I do, like after after we're done talking, hang up, I'm going to in an hour, I'm going to think of like the most intelligent yeah. thing to say to you, <laughs> the best question. But, you know, I can't go back. But with painting, you could be like, yeah, you can go back into your old painting and be like, now I know exactly what I wanted to say to you and, yeah. and fix it. So yeah. right yeah. now I have no idea what to say to you, but uh, in an hour I will, as soon as <laughs> we hang you, up. You can get in touch with me. I could put it on an Ask Will Boss. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's true. It's true because this has been like my therapy. But, you know, like you know, how therapists need to see a therapist, you know, I need to, you know, a, another level of this kind of conversation going. Yeah. My, my, my post therapy therapy, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord. <sighs> well, let's let's go over just one more time really quickly. And like people get to, to, to find you because I think what you're doing is, uh, again, very exciting and should be taken advantage of anybody in like wherever you happen to be and not right now it's in New York and you're doing these classes should be able, should go out and take advantage of your, your, your skill and your know-how and your experience because you've been in the field now, you know, you know how to dress, you know, what equipment to bring. This is important information that, you know, if you're trying to learn how to do something uh, in the field, this is the time, this is the way to do it. And it's to reach out to somebody like Lisa and, and find her. So, 
go go to her website, Lisa Lebowski. Spell your name out fully for us again one more time. Uh, L-I-S-A-L-E-B as in boy, O-F as in Frank, S as in Sam, K-Y dot com. Yeah. Yeah, and and go see if like there's any, if this is something for uh for you up your alley because it's it's rare that you're going to be able to to come across this sort of uh, level of experience, and it's it's extremely affordable, you know, for what it is that people are getting. It's it's a heck of a deal. So exploit it, take advantage of her because she's able to give you some really really quality stuff. As a painter and artist, whatever it is you do, I think this is useful stuff. Yeah. So. Well, and I guess I can plug it a little bit. So, you know, I'm in New York now. Please. Yeah. Um, but I, I leave June 9th for some res- the residencies out west. But then uh, first week of August, I'll be on the south coast of Massachusetts teaching a plein air workshop there. Okay. And details are still very much being hashed out but uh, you know I'll post something as soon as South that's Coast meaning what like like the Quincy Plymouth or, or what what are you, are you... um like near Westport okay uh, New Bedford okay a little bit more close to Rhode Island but that that area mm-hmm. and uh, and then I'll be up in um, uh, St Andrews in New Brunswick teaching a workshop August 13th to 16th at the uh, Sunbury Arts Center mm-hmm. um, so those are two uh, non-private ones that are coming up mm-hmm. and then i'm going to be in newfoundland i think for august through um october so if you're in newfoundland uh-huh. <laughs> get in touch with me you can do some workshops there and then i'll be back in the in the winter so back in new york i think so who knows i yeah. there's <laughs> a lot of i don't know i can't that far in the future i can't predict it. i know yeah. i'm in dc for a month in there and i who knows <laughs> that's awesome and any do you have any other shows coming up where where we people yeah, can see your work in person a, uh i mean people won't hear it today but i do have a piece opening tonight in a group show um in manhattan at the shirley fitterman center at uh bmcc borough manhattan college community college mm-hmm. uh, so i'm gonna have a piece in a group show there called natural proclivities that's up through july um, I have another piece in a group show, uh, the New York Academy of Art uh, Summer Exhibition at Flowers Gallery in Chelsea. That'll be mid-June through July. I have, if you're in Maine, I have a, I work in a three-person show um, that will be opening August 2nd um, and then up through the rest of the season there. And then I have... What's the name of the place that's in Maine? Oh, that's a good point. Uh, the name of the gallery is Artemis Gallery, and it's in Northeast Harbor on Mount Desert Island. So if you're up in Bar Harbor, Acadia National Park, it's near there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a piece in the L.A. Uh, cat show, um, cat art show, that's out in Think Space Gallery in L.A. All right, Think and, Space. Yeah, so you see a painting of a cat. who deserves some credit for putting up with all this moving around you know (laughs) Um, what's your cat's name philosopher philosopher yeah okay of course (laughs) (laughs) gotta give props to the cat come on taking a nap over there um so uh it's a phonetic pronunciation of file saver she's from 2001 so it's a heated joke at this point. Um, <laughs> and let this be a lesson to all when you're naming your pets that you will spend the next like 10 to 20 years of your life explaining their name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, very true. 
And uh, what else do I have we're coming up? Um, I think that's it. Very busy. Yeah, busy. I was say sounds very busy. Yeah, that's awesome. Very busy schedule. Yeah, and people should try to track you down on Instagram. And if there you find anything that we didn't cover, you want to ask her, she's got her Ask Lebowski. So you could uh, track her down and, and contact her yourself and get rid of the middleman. Don't deal yeah. with us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're out of here. You know? um, thank you so much. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Th- thank- yeah, thank you. Thank you. It, it was really nice to catch up and see you and hear hear more about what's going on. And, uh, and so I'm not just speculating. I get a, a good idea of what's happening in your life. And it's this, exciting. This, yeah, and this podcast is great. It's really great. Like, it's nice hearing artists, like, really talking about art. Um, always and also fun. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also talking about problems with deer and deer ticks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's the real stuff. That, that is the real stuff right there. That's the real, real stuff. It's the stuff the that people don't think about, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, so yeah. thanks, thanks to you, and thanks yeah, to your listeners. Yeah, so, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Good luck out there. Be safe. Keep it, keep it, whatever. Keep wear it. the, wear the off. Bring yeah. your, bring your whistle. Yeah. <laughs> Stay the fuck out of the deer's way, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just wave your stick, Gandalf, out there. <laughs> you shall not, not pass. pass. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, Lisa, be good. And yeah, see see you around, huh? Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Give Me Battle. How cool was that having her on? She's fantastic, man. If you don't know... Now you know. Look up yep. Lisa Lebowski on Instagram. You'll you'll be able to single it out when you find out. See all those paintings of uh, water and and uh, outdoor nature stuff. She's incredible. She's an incredible painter. Incredible spirit, and she's she's doing some serious shit out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talking with her like about the plein air thing has got me so much more inspired to try to give it another shot and like get out there and, and it's and gotta be it. hardcore i think oh going outdoors and you see people painting on the streets like it's 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 like a limp-wristed thing it's it you gotta well, be it ain't easy off-skinned you gotta be dedicated yeah. and you know and you gotta be fucking good to be with her the the her impressions she's able to put on canvas in short period of time two hours mm-hmm. three hours maximum and it's a lot of work too. It's not like you're just going to go out there and just be able to. No matter if you're a studio painter and you got your shit together in the studio, you're not going to be able to just walk out there and do that. You know, it's 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 a lot of work. It's and if it's it sounds fun, and if honestly, if you could track her down, you're close by to where she's giving classes, and you want to learn something, you want to, and you're not in school anymore. Or it's been a while since you've been inspired mm-hmm. by being educated by technique. And experience take a fucking class in one day two days and you're gonna learn something and you're gonna learn something from somebody who's got the skills and yeah. the know-how so take up on that or at least follow her on instagram for fuck's sake yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you'll be happy you did well thank you everybody again and uh got any questions we got we got a, we got a bunch of questions that came in so we're gonna, we're gonna we can get on that maybe next week yeah. Yeah, keep sending in those Q and A's. We got yeah. a couple new audio questions coming up next week, so we get some voices. We've got some multiple tier questions coming in from people. Don't stop. 
don't stop believing. <laughs> eventually, get to your questions because we will, and we are, yeah. and we. I'm excited to. I wish we could do it right now, but I'm exhausted. David's exhausted. He's got a lot of miter cutting uh, situations. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about going to go in the city. I think, but. So yeah, so you know where to find us. It's it's give me babble, uh, uh, give me babble at gmail .com, and uh, that's our email. And then you can find us on YouTube at give me babble. And yep. if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe and yep. uh, and uh, comment if you're so inclined. Oh, if you if you got something to say, you got something to say. <laughs> Do you? And so you look like you look like you, your lips are pursed. You got something to say? <laughs> say it already, Did, then. Did, did 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 you have something you wanted to tell me? <laughs> Fucking tell me. Yeah. And leave it on iTunes comments. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you next week, Dave. Uh, I look forward to seeing you. Well, you know I'll see you before then, but I look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of you out there, thank you again. And we will talk to your faces next week. Yeah, talk to you next week. Peace. Bye.